Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, the New York Knicks, and a five-game losing streak, 108-88 to victory over the Houston Rockets. Yeah, they got started on their New Year's resolution early. Defense and closeouts and fantastic offense from Julius Randle. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the difference between this game and the game against the Spurs and then talk about some other standout performances as well from Quentin Grimes, from Mitchell Robinson, from Emmanuel Quickly, and more next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. And we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. If you didn't know, now you do. We are now available on YouTube and all other platforms where you get your podcasts. So, be sure to continue to make us your first listen on the day, wherever you listen to podcasts. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He's Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. You can check out all their work at thestrick.land. And uh, now's a good time to go because, Alex, for the first time in 10 years since the 2012-2013 season, uh, the New York Knicks have a winning record heading into the new year. Needed the, needed the win over the lowly Rockets to clinch it, but took care of business, got it done, 20-point victory. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about that, right? Like, for as great as the 2020-21 to 21 season was, they really – things were looking arguably worse that year going into the new year than they are this year, which is maybe a, a big beacon of uh, optimism to think about with regard to this team versus that team of the past. And, you know, I, I really loved what we saw the Knicks in this game too. Uh, you know, I got to say, like, I'll get into it more in the next segment, but, you know, this was the polar opposite of the game against the Spurs. And that's not any fault of Julius Randle one way or the other, because honestly, he was fantastic in both games, and we should probably talk about him first because he just had an amazing game again in this one. Just the the amount that he is bringing to every game for the Knicks right now on the offensive end is insane. Uh, the percentages he's shooting, the yeah, Alex, real real quick, let me let yes. me interject here. In December, fifteen games, he's averaging twenty eight points, eleven and a half rebounds, four assists. 48% from the field, 37% from three, 75% from the foul line. Yeah. And if you narrow that down to like the last like six or seven games, he's like, it's, it's insane. He's like 30 something points shooting like 50, 40, 80 or something. Like the, the numbers are, are crazy. In this game, 35 points, 12 boards, six assists, shot nine to 20 overall and five of 13 from three, 12 of 16 from the free throw line which was fantastic. I mean, it, this was like the ultimate. And I mean, look, it's the level of competition has to be considered. Although, you know, that's 
not saying anything necessarily like the Knicks did just lose to the Spurs on on Friday or sorry on uh not on Friday on Thursday, Thursday. whatever it was Thursday. whatever day that was yeah. yeah uh the the week feels weird it's a Sunday but it's not today I don't know bizarre yeah anyway um <laughs> so you know the, the level of competition has to be considered you know the the Rockets didn't really have anyone that could bother him too much in this game but still he looked like a, like a man among boys out there he was just barreling his way to the hoop, getting all kinds of offensive rebounds and making it look super easy. He was just splashing from three and like his gravity and the volume with which he's shooting threes now is getting to the point where it's almost like back in like 2020 to 21 when we used to joke that like he was the best shooter to ever wear number 30, you know, like he looks pretty good. Like, and I don't mean in Knicks history, there's a certain other guy in golden state that wears 32. Um, He's just – he's shooting the ball so fantastic. Like, I loved everything about his game in this one, uh, which is a pretty common theme with how he's been playing lately for the last month, month plus. I mean, it's it's been a while now, and, you know, I, I still contend. You know, I'll, I'll plug our show from last week again where we pointed out interesting stats for each of the guys in the rotation. Like, if you look at his shot diet and everything else to consider this season, even though he's shooting – not as well from three uh he is all in all having i think a better year this year than he did two years ago which is really saying something because he made second team all nba two years ago uh and he's uh, you know the knicks are gonna if if things continue going as well as they are being game over 500 going into the new year here uh and you know continue all the way through the end of the season he's gonna have a huge part in that and you know it'll be another memorable season for him i think yeah, it feels it feels weird to say, but I I completely agree with you. I think like would would you say this has been his best month of basketball as a Nick? Because I I think I'd be mm-hmm. willing to go that far. Yeah, um, may, maybe you can make an argument just for the feels about that. You know that when they went on the nine game win streak in twenty twenty yeah. to twenty one, but I don't I don't think so. I think this is the best. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I it almost with the types of shots he's taking, it reminds me of that stretch post all-star break in 2021, where he started trying the really ambitious step back threes. And you were like, Oh wow. He's really feeling himself now, but they weren't, even though obviously on on the whole that year, he shot a better percentage. They weren't really going inconsistently. Like the guy he thought he was that year as a shooter. It feels like it feels like he's become that in the last month. Like just some, some of the threes he takes and makes are, are crazy. And it just, it feels like his footwork and his balance. And honestly, I think the best way to describe it would be to say his rhythm as a shooter is just on another level. Like he, he had that play in this one where it was after Grimes missed the layup and transition. The Knicks had an inbounds and, and he just, he just caught it on the left wing one, two step rise up, um, squared his body to the basket in midair and drained it. I was like, it looks like jumbo Ray Allen right now with, with some of the shots He's taking and making. And then you combine that with, I mean, you said this last podcast, I, I echoed the sentiment, like a, a level of physicality and, and a cognizance of, of his size and the threat that that size presents that we just haven't seen from him um, in his Knicks tenure where, I mean, this is tonight was the perfect or not tonight uh, when, when uh, Saturday, yesterday was the perfect opportunity um, against an undersized Rockets team. Um, and, and he took advantage. Like he, he got Jabari Smith jr. Um, he got him up to three fouls with six and a half minutes left. Oh, excuse me. Six and a half minutes into the game. Um, that, that, that swung the game a little bit early on. 
And, and then over and over again, he was just finding loose balls in traffic. And he, he wasn't going up softly. It was either and ones. It was put back jams. Um, and, and then to top it all off, like had that insane, like cross court dime to Quentin Grimes um, over a double team, like the, the combination of passing shooting physicality. I've never seen him play like this. I'm stunned that I'm, I'm saying this after I thought he sucked the first month of the season, but he, he would be a deserving all-star at this point. Yeah, for sure. And as we also laid out recently, that's going to be a tough path for him, unfortunately. So he might miss out on that. But, I mean, if the Knicks continue playing as well as they have, he might be one of those weird cases where he makes a third-team All-NBA or something if the Knicks, mm. you know, end the season on a, on a hot streak and, you know, sees a top-four seed or something like that. Uh, or top five seed or, you know, whatever the case may be, like he might be one of those guys that doesn't make the all-star team. And then they go, Oh, you know what? He was actually pretty good this year. <laughs> Maybe we ought to give him an all NBA nod. Uh, and depending on how much more time Brunson estimates, you know, once injuries start coming into effect and, you know, how much of an iron man, you know, one player is versus the other, maybe it'll give Julius a swing vote there, but yeah, fantastic game for him. Uh, fantastic uh end of 2022 for him and a, yeah. and a really good way to get into 2023 after it was all in all a very tumultuous and i would say up and down it was more like down and up 2022 for him uh he he just started 2022 on the downswing of the roller coaster and then now is hit the, the next peak uh and hopefully won't go down anytime soon maybe it'll plateau for a while and he'll just get to ride this wave so uh, but I, I do want to talk, Gavin, about the about the differences between this game and the Spurs game the other day, because I got like a bunch of heat in like our YouTube comments the other day uh, about the Spurs game and about my my comments on that. So I want to get into that in the next segment. But considering how great Julius Randle is uh, and the big numbers that he's putting up, if people want to play a little game and potentially make some money doing so betting on Julius Randle stats where could they do so uh there's only one place Alex in in the whole wide world that they could go to do that and that is of course our friends at prize picks tonight I'm taking Julius Randle let, let, let's just let's go all in over 26 and a half points Julius Randle over nine and a half rebounds and Emmanuel quickly once again over five and a half assists um and you know what let's throw this in Quentin Grimes over two and a half threes made um, when the New York Knicks play the Phoenix Suns. So how does it work? All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times on any entry. And the beauty of prize picks is you're not competing against other people, just you versus the projections available. So all, all those experts that are, are kind of weird and, and, and they're doing the Tom Thibodeau thing where they just devote their life to one area to ignore everything else, you don't have to worry about those weirdos. It, it's, it's just you against the projections. Um, and PrizePix offers projections on any other sport you can watch. That includes soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, along with all the main ones you know and love. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and, most importantly, Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code Locked On to sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Alex, we are back. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a chance to go at the haters. Uh, they they claim that you were you were being a little harsh after the loss to the Spurs, but does this does this Rockets game prove that? 
the Knicks certainly had the capacity, regardless of who they were missing, to beat the Spurs the other night. Yeah, and that was my whole point the other day. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's it's funny because uh, I, I I think I caught in the in the YouTube. It was like one of our most commented on YouTube videos in a while, which is why I feel the need to <laughs> to even like say something about it because I just thought this one was such a perfect contrast. It was exactly what I was talking about, but like. You know, there was there were so many comments being like, oh, you're being so reactionary. It's like, yeah, I was only talking about this game. Like, <laughs> obviously, I'm not saying that they're terrible in general. I did say, you know, look, if if this is the type of performance that they, you know, that this is all that they can do, like minus two players against a team that's blatantly tanking, then maybe they should reconsider what their goals are for this season. Uh, but, you know, then they came out in this game and, and did so much better against the Rockets and, you know, this is why I was basically saying like it was unacceptable. And probably like for me, it was like a rock bottom against the Spurs the other day where you're like, how could this get any worse? Like this team, it was literally, you know, in the Spurs, literally the worst team in the league as far as like every defensive metric that you could, you know, look at. And it was not by close margins by most of them. So the Knicks minus, you know, granted, yes, two of their three best players like went up against that team and had to make up for that. But the Spurs were without their best player, and then the Knicks just put up an egg and let the Spurs, who are also pretty inept on offense, go crazy on them and look way better than they were. It was the exact opposite in this game, right? Like, it looked like it was going to be history repeating itself, except for then the Knicks responded in the way that a team that thinks that they have something to play for should respond to a blatantly tanking team that doesn't seem to have a particularly great direction at the moment. And... So the Rockets came out. I gotta say, Gavin, tell me if this is if this is appropriate. I feel like the Raptor or the Raptors, the Rockets play just like the Nets did hmm. when they were like the D'Angelo Russell team, except for with way, way less talent. Like, is that pretty appropriate? <laughs> I think they're like a little more selfish. Like what what yeah. really made those Nets teams work is that like everyone like was it like make like outside of D'Lo like was very set on making the extra pass. Um, but I, I see the analogy in that like it's a lot of guys that like don't really fit, but all have a lot of talent. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like a they're they're like a, a sketch of like this. Yeah. Well, this is what the modern NBA should be. Right, so we're right, just going right. to shoot tons of threes. <laughs> yeah, and almost and almost like take like like it's kind of the exception that proves the rule almost where like they, they push that too far and you're like, all right, but you also, you got to like do like basic basketball things too. And they're like, no, no, no. As long as you take a lot of threes, like you'll, yeah. you'll be good. Just threes, yeah. no defense. That's yeah. it. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I, like, yeah, they got hot, and, but then the yeah. Knicks, you know, they did the right thing and they, they waited it out. They played their game. Hmm. They started, you know, they, they were covering pretty well. I thought early on they they left a couple guys drift to the corner, which wasn't great, but you know, it was guys that like you can afford to give that shot to kind of thing, which has kind of been their game all year. And then they cranked up the defense in a meaningful way, got themselves back up and like tied and then kind of played back and forth with them a little bit. And then just absolutely stepped on their throats for the final seven and a half minutes, which is what a team that wants to make the playoffs should do to a team that is trying to get Weminyama this year. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of, it just kind of underscored my whole point with the why I thought the Spurs game was so unacceptable and why I think this game was very encouraging. Because again, we've talked about that. We talked about this during the win streak too. You know, you can say like, Hey, these teams were missing X player, Y player, Z player, but then, you know, you can't like 
good teams take care of business against teams they're supposed to beat. And that's what the Knicks did in this game, uh, even minus two of their best players. And I, I think that this one was hopefully a, yet another sort of like building block game for the Knicks where they could say, look, like it doesn't matter if we're missing RJ and Brunson. We could still beat these really bad teams any given night if we just ratchet it up because we're better than them and we know what we're doing and they don't. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Look, the Rockets have a ton of talent, but they, they are far and away the worst team I, I've seen this year. It's really, it's like G league ignite plus Eric Gordon, essentially. Um, they, did you see that quote st- from him? Sorry. Did no. you see that quote from Eric Gordon? No, what was it? It was like, uh, I, I think it was our own, uh, our own colleague, uh, uh, Jackson Gatlin of, uh, yeah. Locked on Rockets asked him after the game, like, what have you, uh, you know, what do you think you guys have improved on so far this year? And he was like, nothing. <laughs> and uh, that was it. <laughs> guy, guy, guy is begging for a trade. And and uh, as, as uh, Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports reported at the Knicks, maybe one, one of the teams that could be on the market for Eric Gordon. But that is, that is a story for another day. Yeah, Alex, the, the Knicks rightfully, I mean, to, to your point, uh, held the Rockets seven and a half minutes without a field goal um, in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and it was a combination of a couple of guys finding their rhythm as the game went along. Like Emmanuel quickly finished with 27, seven assists, five rebounds and three steals in, in 40 minutes. And normally that stat line would lead a podcast, but I didn't even I, like in the first half, he really didn't play that well offensively, at, at least in terms of his shooting, like just, just missed a ton of ton of gimmies. Um, but slowly, but surely like took what the Rockets were giving him. And, and I mean, now for two straight games for quickly, what I continue to be proud of with him is, is the Knicks just absolutely need him to take shots even more so than they need him to make shots because there's just no one else that's, that's going to get up to 20 field goal attempts, like maybe Quentin Grimes on the right night, but they, they just need someone that can like run offense and, 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 and get up some looks and, and quickly he stayed committed to that. Um, had a couple threes in a row one time as the Rockets uh, just sort of backed down and, and, and were giving it to him because he was missing early, like one, really nice like dribble back and into a left wing three, like another good one around the screen. And then I, I was really impressed with his float game, Alex, as this one went on, it had a bunch of tough ones and in, including one over uh, the tallest player in the NBA in Marjanovic. Uh, so j- just another really good game of growth and, and quickly as a starter this season, continues to just put up ridiculous numbers and four starts this year, 24 points, seven and a half assists, Four rebounds. Um, what, what did what did you make of his night offensively? And I, I didn't even get into the defense, where, where again his anticipation, his length uh, led to led to a couple of big force turnovers. Yeah, you know I I really enjoyed his game, and I'm going to talk about it in just a moment, as well as getting into some takes on Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, and their play in this game. But I do just real quick. It's I have a very important announcement. It's New Year's time, which means it's New Year's resolution time, which means. You got to start considering where you're going to get your protein from while you're flexing that gym membership. And that's why I have to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier. I'm failing so far. was a little hungover today from New Year's. I definitely didn't eat super healthy, but diet starts tomorrow for sure. And if you're like me and, you know, need something different that, you know, can give you protein and, and not, you know, hit you with a bunch of fillers and, you know, whatever else you got to try built with built healthy is actually tasty. Seriously. They're so delicious. 
You won't think that they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. My personal fave tastes just like an almond joy. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. It's just 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein to help you recover from those workouts. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but we've got some exciting news. You can now get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-box bar of four-bar box, sorry, of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with some hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. So definitely head to Walmart or Built.com to get yourself some Built Bars. All right. And we're back, Gavin. And uh, I, I left it on a huge cliff. It's not much of a cliffhanger. I don't know. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, on the, I'm on the edge of my seat. Don't don't yeah. undersell. I'm just gonna be like, I don't know, like Manuel quickly was good. You know, he, he's been playing really well lately. Um, I, he's sort of. I want to touch on what you said, which I totally agree with. You know, what the Knicks really need right now isn't even necessarily because I've seen some people like on Twitter and whatever harping about his his efficiency when you know when people are trying to be like, hey, look, these games have showed how great he can be and people were like yeah but look at his shooting percentages he's shooting terrible and it's like yeah sort of but when you consider the type of shots he's taking and the fact that with like randall sometimes will fill this role but i feel like quickly has a better toolbox to do it it, he becomes sort of the late clock bailout guy in this Mm -hmm. situation and normally that would be brunson or sometimes even rj but brunson has his like mid-range game to cook with and that's usually his go-to where if it's like oh crap i just got the ball with five seconds left on the shot clock okay let me like just take this guy off the dribble i'm gonna like pivot 18 times and then take a fader real quick you know and and he just has his magical way of doing that with like five six seconds and that's why he's a a 26 27 million dollar man every Mm -hmm. year for the knicks now uh going forward because he can do that stuff and do it really well quickly gets in those situations now and has had to eat up a disproportionately large amount of those possessions with both RJ and Brunson out right now. And as a result, like I think what we're seeing efficiency wise is him having to take a lot of late clock shots that aren't necessarily good shots, but you just got to get something up there. But the good part about that is that you have like a Mitchell Robinson down low and a Julius Randall down low. So the important thing in that situation is not even necessarily making the shot. It's just getting something up that can hit the rim and give your two fantastic rebounders a chance to make something of it down low when the possession kind of breaks down. And he's been doing that. I wouldn't quite say that he's getting like Kobe assists, which used to feel a lot more deliberate, Mm -hmm. but it's something like that. You know, he's, he's eating up the possessions that nobody else wants to eat up. He's taking the live grenade and doing something with it basically at the end of the shot clock on a lot of these possessions. But on top of it, once he gets in a rhythm too, everybody else is screwed because then he's then he starts making the tough ones and the easy ones and and it works out great for the Knicks because then they kind of get the best of both worlds there uh but on top of everything else he's setting the tone on defense I thought he did a great job with that in this game of especially during that seven and a half minute stretch where they didn't allow a field goal like he and Mitchell Robinson I think were fantastic uh at really setting a tone there and being like no this is how it's going to be no more points for like 
the better part of this whole quarter. Um, and, you know, so he's he's doing everything that's being asked of him right now. And I, I think a lot of times you and I will talk about efficiency and it is important. But I, I think context is important for this particular one. And, and that's sort of my take on the like how quickly is still having such a positive influence. Like, for example, he was yeah. a plus 25 in this game while only shooting 36 percent. Yeah, and, and real quick, I mean, another element of efficiency as as a point guard is is don't turn the ball over. And, and Emmanuel, uh, allegedly not a point guard quickly, in, in four starts, Alex, he has five turnovers this year, mm-hmm. 1.3 per game. So he is taking care of the basketball. And and to your point, at, at times, like a, a, a missed shot is a turnover, but those, those, those are shots that, that aren't being missed or at least have a chance to go in because he's saving those possessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and all it's right, let's, positively let's... Brunson-esque with those yeah. turnovers too, I yeah, guess. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, and, and again, and he's, I, I think I think this is what you're getting at with the, like he he's being overtaxed right now, right? Like, like when people talk up Emmanuel quickly, we're generally, like like some of us, myself included, I'll, I'll raise my hand here if, if you're watching on YouTube, Bob, think that he could have star potential down the road. I, I think that a little bit less um, a- after he didn't really make a massive leap forward this season. That being said, like no one's arguing that he he should be the second guy on, on a winning NBA team, like right now and, and, and maybe ever. Um, so he he's he's that is like the live grenade he's being asked to take every single game right now. And he's overall like doing a good job at it. And I, I think playing incredibly well defensively considering the the load in terms of minutes and, and shots and just overall responsibility to run the offense and, and get things moving because outside of him and Julius Randle, there isn't really anyone else to do it except for when Derek Rose is in the game, but Quentin Grimes um, did a great job making up for that relative lack of efficiency. Because in 36 minutes, he was eight for 15 from the field, three for eight from three point range. Again, j- just showed off that, that special combination of decisiveness and explosiveness attacking closeouts. I thought him and quickly both did a really good job puncturing holes in, in the rocket zone when they decided to go that direction. And that's a, a type of defense. The Knicks at, that at points is completely flummoxed the Knicks this year, but Grimes was like F that and, and just, just kind of sped through it over and over again. Um, had one play where he turned the corner and just hit Mitch on a little hook lob. Um, we, we mentioned the shooting, but defensively like had, had a help side, like poke away on Jalen green. And then um, in the fourth quarter, like I, I thought this like, really set the tone and, and kind of cemented what the Knicks are doing in the fourth had that great chase down after I think it was Randall who threw it away. And, and we've seen Grimes do this a couple of times as he just ran down. Um, it might've been Tari Eason just ca- caught the rocket in transition, stripped it off his leg, Knicks ball, uh, big play after big play after big play on both sides of the ball and, uh, on a night when the Knicks again, didn't have a lot of other offensive options. Yeah. I, and you know, I, I continue to be impressed by his non three point shooting skills. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe my favorite play of the game from him, you know, a couple games ago, it was, it was a fantastic pass. This time it was a baseline drive for a dunk. And I like seeing a little pop out of him. You know, it's not something that we see all the time. He kind of plays sort of RJ esque, you know, in the way that he kind of just like gets his way to the rim and then is always just basically trying to, you know, his, his main goal more so than going up for a dunk or something is usually just getting the ball on the square, you know, and getting a clean layup and, and making sure it goes in. Um, he showed a little pop, a little flair. And, you know, I think it was, it was sort of a, like a tone setter. Like that was a, that was a good, strong play. And, you know, if he could do more of those, that'd be sick. Like it's, he looked really effortless for him. So show off that athleticism more, use those, use those uh, jump shot legs and turn them into Duncan legs every once in a while. Um, But yeah, I, I will say just as far as Grimes, I don't have too, too much else to add to what you had to say, but I will just say this game was refreshing because much like the whole team, 
turn things around from San Antonio to this game, uh, I felt like Grimes was the the main like barometer for that because quickly and Randall played basically the same that they did against San Antonio, which they were like the the shining lights of that game for the Knicks. Grimes was the big missing piece there in that game where it was like, yeah, even if they were playing crappy, they still probably could have won that game if Grimes didn't shoot one of 10, uh, which everybody has off nights. But, you know, when they really need him right now, it's it's even more imperative that he find ways to, you know, contribute more on offense on any given night. And he did it in this game, really had it going and looked fantastic. So, uh, yeah, great, great, great game for him. I want to talk quickly about Mitchell Robinson, too who I think had a really good game. Uh, it just continue to get beat up like crazy in this one. Oh, don't don't let me forget to rant about um, Garrison Matthews for a moment before we end too. Um, but yeah, Mitch like really got beat up in this game, got like chopped, karate chopped in the throat at some point, got like really slammed by uh, Boban at one point too, not maliciously or anything, but like just really hit the deck and like hit the stanchion under the hoop. I was like, damn, Mitch, like, taking a beating in this game, but really he was another tone setter defensively that he's another one of those guys that like, you know, he, he could be sort of the, uh, what is it? Like the, the canary in the coal mine for the, you know, the Knicks defense a lot of nights, you know, like if, if he's, if he's singing and, you know, doing his thing, like everything's good uh, for the Knicks on any given night, because he had six stocks in this game. None of them felt cheap at all. And, he influenced plenty of other plays, and I think that he probably got called for fouls on a couple of clean blocks. Like he could have realistically had upwards of ten stocks in this game, uh, had the whistle been a little, a little tighter. Um, it was it was a little bit of a loose whistle at times, particularly for like Jalen Green. But uh, I thought that he just played a fantastic game. He really, especially during that that seven and a half minute stretch, he <laughs> he definitely got like really mad. <laughs> after the Boban thing, because you could see Boban was like, like they were at the, you know, lined up next to the, uh, like the box, you know, waiting for the the rebound after the free throw after that. And you could see Boban was trying to like reach over, like, Hey man, no hard feelings. And Mitch was just like, like, didn't even look. I was just like, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and like had fire in his eyes. And from that point on, I felt like it was like his personal mission. Like nobody is going to score a field goal the rest of this game. And it, granted he used a couple fouls and some other guys used some fouls to, prevent that from happening but mostly he played great physical defense without fouling you know too much down the stretch and really just like shut the door on the Rockets extremely hard as hard as Boban hit him to the ground or whoever it was karate chopped him in the neck he did the same thing to them so I just thought he had such a fantastic game yeah, it was a tough, tough game for next Boban. Boban got hit in the throat too. Um, but um, yeah, I thought this was, this reminded me like at, at, at one point in, in, in my life, I was a, a camp counselor and we would, we would come back to, um, it was actually my, my elementary school was like the pickup site for the kids. And then at the school, they had like these like eight foot tall, like basketball hoops up and you, you could play basketball in the cafeteria while you're waiting for the kids to get picked up. And, and you would just, obviously you would just like swat the shots, like 30 feet like off the opposite wall, like risk breaking a window. And that's kind of what this performance from Mitchell Robinson reminded me of tonight where it was like, and, and it was kind of, it, 
it, it, I mean, it was, it was good timing with the end of the year, Alex, like it made me feel the passage of time. And I was like, Oh, Mitch was, Mitch was sort of the rookie just kind of running around and like getting blocked like a few years ago. And now it was like, he, he's, he's weirdly, I know he's only like 23, 24 years old, but he, he weirdly felt like the veteran with, with those Rockets guys out there. And whether it was like Jalen green um, going to the rim and Mitch just, I mean, in, in pretty like blatantly disrespectful fashion, just, just denying it at one point, KJ Martin was coming in for a finger roll and Mitch got this perfectly timed, lefty swat on it um it was just it was it was easy for him tonight like he was just too big too strong too good and it was it was almost one of those things where he's like all right give me give me give me a better competition this isn't worthy of my skills um so he was he was great um i want to i want to end uh at least on my end because i i don't want to all right well real real quick uh deuce mcbride's offense is is becoming a bit of a problem for the new york Knicks. i know last week in our stats episode we highlighted how one of the most impactful defensive players in the nba but the the shooting on this road trip has just been atrocious and i, I and that's fr- it sucks because after he started one for 17 for the year i thought he was really turning the corner um, and instead had, has a one for eight performance. Like it was such a godsend when the, when the one, three finally went in. And what's tough is like a lot of those shots were wide open. Like he wasn't taking like heavily contested step backs. Like it was a lot of Julius's double or triple team. He was the last outlet. The Rockets were content to let him fire away. He missed and missed and missed and then got kind of frustrated, started driving to the rim. And, and, and you see, I don't know if it's lack of athleticism. I know when we talked about it with Prez in the past, he said it was more so like probably like just how functional his handle is, but just has a lot of trouble getting by guys like not very explosive with the basket got blocked twice, finally got fouled on, on one later in the game. But it, I was, I was a little disappointed with his, his offense once again in this one. Yeah, I I'm with you. I I'm no shot doctor, but I have started to notice lately. Cause I'm trying to now like look at what he's doing mm-hmm. and be like, what isn't working here? Cause in, in many ways it seems like his shot should be fine. It looks pretty repeatable, whatever. I think he's got to get rid of this. Like, he takes like a like a bunny hop into his shot each time. Yeah. Do you notice that? Like, yeah. When so he's there's com- that, and then he has like a very exaggerated dip too. And I, I think yeah. maybe this is what you're getting at. His shot just takes too long sometimes. Yeah. He gets out of rhythm. It seems like. Like when he's when he's coming to the ball, when he knows he's getting a pass, he like like jump stops almost to get the ball and then shoots from there. Yeah. I'm like, just like step into it. You don't have to like take this exaggerated leap into your stance. You know, like it might be easier for you if you just kind of grab it and then just set your feet. Uh, more ground bound you like you don't have to be bouncy all the time mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it's he's got a really long wind up too so you know maybe that's something that's got to get worked on it, it, it might take till like the summer or something unfortunately he's on the shorter contract because he was a second round pick so hopefully like things will have to come together for him like this summer and in the next year or else it's going to affect his next payday um which hopefully will come with the knicks because i do still love a lot of what he brings especially on the defensive end but we'll see how that goes um, I just want, I, I got one last thing to, to <laughs> rant about real quick. It's just very short, but what a punk move by Garrison Matthews on quickly that they didn't ultimately. So quickly, like handed the ball, I think to Grimes and then set a screen and Matthews was guarding Grimes and Matthews, like, you know, I can understand trying to get over a screen or, you know, whatever, like lowers his shoulder like a football player and just completely I mean you could tell he just like knocked the wind out of quickly but went really hard into him and like to send some sort of message when they were this is when they were mired in the middle of the stretch of not making a shot for like five straight minutes Mm. and I I just want to be like dude like first off you're nobody (laughs) like you're not sending any sort of message because nobody like I barely even know who you are (laughs) like I recognize the name because I think you're on the Raptors like a year or two ago but also like 
ah, uh, that's just such a crappy move, dude. Like, how about you make a shot? You know, then maybe you can do something where you try to send a message or whatever. But like the guys are punking you by playing good defense, and then you're like, oh, my retaliation will be to like try to harm this guy. Uh, I wish they would have looked at it and given him a flagrant. Like, honestly, looking at it closer, I would have come close to just being like, all right, just get out of here. Like, there's no place for that when you're down like 15. Mm. Like, you're obviously just trying to hurt someone at that point. So why? Um, so yeah, Garrison, Garrison Matthew sucks. Um, I don't like him very much. And also, ha ha ha, you went 0 for 5. You suck. Uh, that's it. So. And that is the note we will ring in the new year on uh, for Alex. <laughs> I'm Kevin Shaw, a, 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 a losing streak, breaking win for the New York Knicks. I, I, actually, I guess all wins are losing streak, breaking wins when you have a losing streak. But that's neither here nor there. The Knicks win. Uh, and we'll be back uh, tomorrow to cover their game against the Phoenix Suns. But until then, uh, be good. Talk to you soon. Peace out on Lockdown Knicks.